Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Just when you thought it was safe to listen to the show, we come back with coffee. We've come back to the topic because one episode just couldn't contain the amount of information or caffeine that we had. So buckle up for coffee, part two, electric boogaloo, and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. <laughs> Greetings, y'all. Hello. How's it going? Casey, you're back. Back again. Tell a friend. Back. <laughs> Casey's back. Casey's back. So, Lock up your beers. <laughs> How I was, was really waiting for one more Casey's back so we can go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I am back from the world of of the alcohols, Asheville, North Carolina. Oh. I'm just saying we needed to line up your wife's birthday and my vacation. <laughs> Agreed. Let's work on this next year. So, so what should have happened was we needed to go back in time and change when your wife's birthday was. Just that requires a DeLorean and 88 miles an hour, but I'm willing to do it. Okay. Actually, I don't know. Speaking of Back to the Future, heard a recent plot hole that even though I'm a giant fan of Back to the Future, I'd never considered was considering after he changed the timeline, Biff, uh, old Biff, after giving comes back to the uh, how does he get back to the other timeline after he just changed it to Mm. drop off the door? My guess is that it just didn't change it that much. (laughs) Uh, You can't be or it's it's the other Biff, like just like there had to been another Marty. Well, what they're saying, because the excuse given by Zemeckis and Spielberg is that it takes time for the timeline to split. Mm. And before the timeline split, he made it back. Mm. I don't like that excuse. You, you can't... Time travel movies get look, tricky, okay? <laughs> look, I always get angry at those movies because why is not the entire picture disappearing? Why is it just the people in it? Exactly. <laughs> because yeah. why would you take a picture of just a well? <laughs> yeah. Like, the picture wouldn't exist. Which they do at the end of the, the third movie, when they take a picture of the tombstone, they destroy the tombstone, then it's just a picture of grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Polaroid of grass. It's not meant to be artsy, Marty. You wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Casey, you had adventures in uh, yes. in Ashland. Adventures in the Asheville. Um, there is another Ashland, though. Not nearly as beery. Um, was a little bit surprised. There was the Leaf Festival in downtown Asheville this past weekend. Hmm. Um, 
which was really cool. Free downtown arts and and music and all these. Uh, they had DJ Grandmaster Flash uh, <laughs> playing a free concert downtown. Holy crap! Huh? Uh, yeah, I know, right? So like, just cool. And uh, on the hippie side of things, uh, new. I don't want to call it New World Order, but it's it's like uh, uh, Free Heavy Earth, Earth, Free oh. Earth, or something like that. I can't remember what them. Anyways, it, <laughs> sorry, you said to the hippie side. It sure, certainly wasn't NWA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly Probably not. not. Yeah. Um, uh, once you once you know who I'm talking about, you've probably heard them, but I can't remember who they are. Anyways, they shut down downtown Nashville, a um, few streets, and have beer vendors. Mm-hmm. I like kind of the way they did it you had to buy your wristband for two dollars and then you bought drink tickets for six bucks a piece then instead of paying with cash at each of the vendors you just go and bring your ticket around Hmm. um you could re-up your tickets at any time you wanted to but it was just nice to go ahead and buy them all at once so you just like bought four four tickets piece and were able to, to kind of go out and and just here's my ticket give me a beer um I didn't feel as bad. I had a pernicious from Wicked Weed. Mm. There you go, Jim. <laughs> it's not very good. Oh. I was not pleased with it. Um, I pour, uh, well, I threw away, not even poured out, pour, threw away half of it. It was uh, too, the bitterness was way too harsh. Um, and so I went back and actually had a couple of, um, uh, I had, I think, a, a key lime ginger beer and a, regular ginger beer and then some a blueberry wheat from another local Asheville brewery but they had like I don't know eight different brews on tap really cool festival I uh, need to probably make it down next year for that but it was I mean it was just a lot of fun hmm. we need to probably just make it down next year <laughs> yeah hmm. we should yeah. try to plan something like that be could could be something we work on but um on on the front and back end of that, I started picking up a little bit of woodworking, so I was just kind of whittling away at some uh, at some various different uh, wood pieces, trying to make a, a TV stand. So I've been working on that this past week and actually get my hands dirty. Whittling all day, whittling all night, whittle, whittle, whittle everything in sight. Little <laughs> man, that's right. Uh. Fun stuff. And I finally figured out. You know how we had that beer at my house, Chris? I finally figured out what that odd flavor was. What was it? Poop. Poop. Water hose. Water hose? Water, oh. water hose. I had changed that day. I had bought a new water hose to use in brewing. I, you know, you let it, you let the water flow through for a while, but, you know, three or four minutes isn't enough to get out the water hose flavor. And that's what it was. Gotcha. You, could, you couldn't um, taste it in the original form, like the water that was in the bucket. You know, it wasn't water hose flavored. But whenever yeast gets a hold of it, it converts it into a more flavorful compound, <laughs> and so the vinyl gets more vinyly. Mm. That was, I think, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, I would say that was that extra flavor in there. Yep, that was. I'm, I'm almost positive, which it kind of dissipated for the most part after a after a few weeks. I just had literally, I just blew the last tap, the last glass off of it um, this morning. Well, I'll say this afternoon. It sounds better. Um, <laughs> and, and it didn't have that water hose twel- flavor. It was twelve oh one. It was after twelve. Um, <laughs> it didn't have. I think it was like twelve thirty. So it didn't have that flavor to it. So I was happy with it. It, it turned out okay in the end. Hmm. I'll probably go back to that recipe again. All right. Uh, How about Brittany, you guys, Brittany, Chris? What have you guys been up to? 
Skipping right over you, huh? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, I couldn't introduce myself. It seemed weird. Well, what have you been up to? <laughs> Fine. I, I had, despite asking you guys to get me out of it. No, because we're just in the same boat, except we super can't. <laughs> I relapsed into WoW. Ugh. I want to play so bad I can't stand it. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. Like you're just playing, like it, it's it's just kind of like you know, it's playing a game I, I I in fact enjoy. I just haven't. I just usually don't have the time for it. I probably still stuff, don't. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it'll help pass a few hours over the next couple months before I have to like turn it off again because hmm. stuff gets in the way. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I will say uh, when I when I was asking around, I was like I need like I need someone to talk me out of this. I texted our friend Ian, who just sends me a picture of someone cooking heroin in a spoon, and I went, <laughs> "You're not helping," because <laughs> that is what it is. <sighs> because he too was probably fighting the same urge. Mm-hmm. He's in the land internet forgot, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he? He can play. It's just it's just not, not well. Like yeah. it's not yeah, not the best. <laughs> so what about you guys? Yeah, so, I mean, I this is the two things I listed. I don't know if you've got something else, but over there. Uh, but we uh, we went and saw Christopher Robin in the theaters. And Woo-hoo. I loved it. It was so good. See, it seems emotionally manipulative. It's not as much as other Disney movies. They yeah, don't... we were not bawling. There was one scene where I, I definitely cried. And my, my mom watched it with my sister and stuff like that. And she's like... Oh, did you, there's, I cried. And I was like, was it at this scene? She's like, yeah. (laughs) But, um, it's just, I just wanted something heartwarming. Like I, you know how it's going to end. It's, that's not the point. (laughs) Because of course it's a, it's Winnie the Pooh, you know, but it it, ends with, it ends with Winnie the Pooh murdering the rest of them, showing his dominance and then killing Christopher Robin and saying he is the only one. I feel like you've played a little too much 40k. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I was like, that's just, yeah, anyway. Uh, but no, it, it's, it's. Look, look, I'm just saying those animations for them are a bit creepy. No, no it's they're really super good. adorable. Like, it looks really good, I have to say. Like, like, they look like stuffed animals. Like, even with the honey and the, oh, it's so funny. And, like, just to know that it's Jim Cummings' voice for yeah. Pooh and Tigger, it's, it makes it that much better. And, like, they, uh, I don't know. It, everything about it was cute. And it was just, it was Jim what I Jim Cummings, needed. he's the only poo we've ever known. Like, our generation. The only poo we ever need to know. <laughs> I don't know. Constipation's a heck of an experience. <laughs> there so you go. I was waiting for the... There's an untold story that I, I feel needs to be told. Uh, a chapter in Christopher Robin's life. Because, oh, God, yeah. From the... uh, they go into a nice little montage to grow him up. Uh, really quickly and uh to make him become ewan mcgregor mm-hmm. and they show uh the always apparently skipped over in every other winnie the pooh story the <laughs> fact that christopher robin goes off to fight in the great war they show him killing germans <laughs> from a trench <laughs> and you're like oh well these are that's the pooh story i want to see yeah some of it got a Poo little coming up going christopher robin down Pooh! the krauts are everywhere <laughs> I mean, it's always, it's, yeah. it's so weird because it's like, no, Christopher Robin uh, goes off to boarding school and then he gets shipped off to the Great War. And then he comes home from the Great War, uh, like not disfigured, but injured. 
and gets like a sympathy job and is trying to support his family with his sympathy job and you're like holy crap this yeah. got dark that's a, that's typical disney fashion right now or right then is like yeah it, it definitely had that dark disney turn to things and look, you're just like what Chris, is happening look the psalm messed up a lot of young british men <laughs> yeah they they like to push that message in that movie holy crap it's it was so good though and poo, like the poo thing was so funny oh my god he's infuriating throughout the whole movie you're just like oh my god it's the thing with the balloon and like he's just like the blue i would really like that red balloon it's like you don't need the red but it would make me very happy <laughs> it was just it was so cute i was like i just needed this this is what i want um and and it's funny too because everybody can te- can hear and see the the animals moving and everything else. Yeah, there's no like, like there's no, no one finds it weird. No, they do. Like, no, that's the, that's the best part. Is like people are like, I didn't. Did you see? That? I, I didn't see anything. Everyone's like, <laughs> what like, the hell was that? And like people walk into stuff and <laughs> the most British reaction I could think of. Did you see that? No, we're going to ignore that for the rest of our yeah, lives. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Like okay. Yeah, that basically it's somebody happens. Somebody else's problem. <laughs> like Pooh talks to a cop, and then the other guy that was trying to point it out is like, "Did you all see that?" And like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing happened. But no, it was a really good movie. I, I I recommend it. Like, you know, the one complaint about it that I kept seeing was just like, "Oh, a predictable story," and I was like, "Of course it is. It's Disney. <laughs> like, the Pooh. What are you expecting?" <laughs> But it was adorable and heartwarming, and and you know, of course, it has a nice message. It was very much like a like a Scrooge kind of story, honestly. Um, but it was it was great. It was it was well done. Um, the quality of the movie was really good. Um, God, I mean, unlocked... I'm just picturing Eeyore as the ghost of Christmas yet to come. <laughs> Eeyore was Ooh. great. So, um, what's his name? The voices Eeyore in it. Um, I don't know. He was the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, 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 gosh. Oh. I can't remember his name now. He does the voice for Eeyore in the movie. <laughs> Which you're like, yeah, good job. Yeah. That's a good casting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Piglet's completely off. I don't know who they got to do Piglet, but you never even get an ode to deer, and the voice is completely off, and you're just like, what? That was the only one that was weird. Everybody else sounded great, though. Everyone else sounds right. Well, Rabbit doesn't sound right. Well, and rabbit's weird eh. because rabbit's the only one that's not a stuffed animal. It's an actual rabbit. It's an yeah. actual rabbit. All no, the, Al was Al's not either. That's yeah, true. Al was an actual. All owl. the rest of them are stuffed animals except for Al and Rabbit. They're the, like actual CG animals. Yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, it was a good movie. Um, I would highly recommend it. And then uh, we also did today did a maternity tour at the hospital, where because um, like uh, we. We actually hadn't been to the main hospital before. Like, um, there's just like a series of buildings for this hospital just everywhere. And it, it, you just had to like make sure like we're doing the right thing. It was very educational and very helpful. Um, also, those rooms are small <laughs> for the, uh, the, that they put you in after the delivery. The, mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, you don't have a lot of room there, but. Um, Look, you're going to be, you're going to be drugged out of your mind. You won't even know. Nope. <laughs> well, it's. It's also nice because they're like, to, well, depending on your insurance, you only get 36 to 48 hours, and then we boot you to the curb. So More or less, yeah. Uh, we did get to see the nursery, and it was adorable. And we got to see the little baby that had just been uh, through our terrible... Mutilation? Mutilation ceremony of cutting off the end of his penis. Oh. Yeah. And uh, the baby laid there screaming and crying. He was not having it. And I wanted to ask the mother, why did she do this? <laughs> Yeah, we've opted not to do that for a kid. So 
because um, we're not Jewish. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. You don't want some serial guy telling you what to do with your ch- child's. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it was it was really interesting to to actually get the tour done. Um, and uh, we had to tell the story earlier, but uh, we will tell it again. Hmm? Uh, it was great when they were telling us about the skin to skin contact, and right after the baby's born, they're just gonna flop it up on her chest, and they're like, "Oh, oh. don't be surprised when the baby, you know, just oh. grabs a breast and latches on and decides to have a drink." And I just leaned to Brittany and I was like, "For branding, <laughs> always uh, be branding." Yes. Yep. All right. Well, we do have some announcements. So our next episode is going to be live Saturday, August 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern. And it'll be part one of our two-part tequila series. And I will <laughs> I will recommend you uh, ingest that one two different ways. Because we're going. To, it's a two-parter that we're going to record all at once live on Twitch. Because we're smart. And... <sighs> The second part's going to be posted the following weekend because the following weekend is our baby shower. So we're going to be a little busy. Um, so that one won't be live, unfortunately, but the episode... Baby's will be not up. even born yet and it's to get in showers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it, you can uh, tune in next week at nine and see us drink tequila for like two hours straight and see what the end of that looks like. And watch me try Three to keep this half. stuff together. <laughs> Three and a half. Oh, oh, God. That'll be fun. Oh. Well, in uh, hopefully better news, uh, here's the, the movie draft update. Welcome to your BT Movie Draft Minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of August 6, 2018. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. My legs are so sore from the gym that I almost didn't make it to the donut shop. Almost. Let's go to the scoreboard. Team Walking Drunk is in last place with $365.9 million. Team Game Night is in fifth place with a $16 million debut from the Meg, bringing their total to $471.1 million. Team Retro Misery is in fourth place with $671.9 million. Team The Bond Squad's in third place with $755.7 million. Just ahead of them, it's Team Have a Drink in second place with $757.7 million. And lording above all in first place, it's Team Movie Party with $1,025.3 million. Glad your movie draft minute all told is a record as of August 11, 2018. So we're holding on to second by like $2 million. <laughs> it's the billion thing that always hits me and I'm just like, ah. Oh. Oh gosh, like we we're not are, catching up to that. <laughs> we're holding on to the cliff if this were a movie, and our fingers are slowly, one by one, <laughs> slipping off. And right now we're holding on with, like, two fingers. That's it. <laughs> movie if Crazy part. Rich Asians makes $300 million, we've got this. And, and just remember, everybody, we've it comes second. out next weekend, I believe. So We'll get first. Yeah, keep that in mind. We're only, Come on, guys. Only, we're only, like, a little over $250 million behind. Did they say they were, like, $1 billion, one billion no, twenty-five. 1 billion 25. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's. it's I miss her because I was like, yeah, no, there's no way that's <laughs> enough to get anywhere near that. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. We, we should get this. None of our movies were the sleeper hit that we wanted. But yeah, yeah. it's all right. I expected a lot more out of Super Troopers too. Yeah, I actually did too. I expected roughly what we got out of Super Troopers too. Honestly, it, it performed what it should have. I will say, I didn't get to go see it. No, yeah. we watched in at home. Hmm. I've still not even seen it. <laughs> yeah, ah. we didn't help. <laughs> Need to get off my ass and rent it. It'll do well on Netflix. All right. Yeah. Oh, I probably will. Yeah. Well, we have some news. Uh. 
All right. So this isn't this is but isn't news. I don't know. We were all uh, we got we got thrown the big red herring by Goose Island, and I got to say this greatly entertains me and is pretty amazing. So we all thought that we had the actual label listings for this year's Bourbon County lineup. Because if you don't know, all these websites and everyone gets the scoop on upcoming beer releases by looking at the labels that have to be approved by the state and federal government. And apparently Goose Island submitted a bunch of false ones to throw everyone <laughs> off and just kind of have fun. So, uh, goodbye Bourbon County Neapolitan Stout and Bourbon County Horchata Stout. We, that one I've been much more excited about than the Neapolitan, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And I like Neapolitan stouts from other places. Saga Tux Neapolitan Stout, but I will say, uh, speaking of Horchata's, uh, High Wire Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina Brewery just put out their Horchata Stout. And they're good before we pack that. <laughs> uh, hello, Bourbon County Midnight Orange Stout and Bourbon County Coffee Barley Wine. That has me very excited and hoping I can find it. Uh, early reports about this year's Bourbon County beer lineup based on federally approved beer labels this summer apparently included a few red herrings, including stouts made to resemble Neapolitan ice cream and horchata. According to a source, they were a diversionary tactic to throw beer nerds <laughs> and the media off the scent of this year's actual lineup of eight beers, which was first so, reportedly uh, reported USA Today. So... When you say red herring, I immediately flash to a pup named Scooby-Doo. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and not realizing until, like, high school that red herring was purposely named. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And amazing. He's so, always like, I didn't do anything, you guys. <laughs> you did it once. Okay, yeah, that's true. Once. Okay, so do you want to know what the actual lineup of Bourbon County is? Sure. Yeah. All right, Tell we're going to hit me a word picture. <laughs> As it's... As always, your original standard Bourbon County brand stout. No, oh, the devil you say. And moving on to the actual interesting things, you will have the reserve Bourbon County brand stout. I'm assuming this will be like last year and only available in Chicago and Kentucky. Uh, aged in 12-year-old Elijah Craig barrel-proof bourbon barrels. All right. Uh, you will have the proprietor's Bourbon County brand stout, which is only available, I think, in Chicago. Hmm. Uh, it's blend, blended with dark chocolate and two types of uh, cocoa nibs. You're going to have the Bourbon County brand wheat wine. This is replacing the usual uh, brand barley wine. Uh, wheat wine is barley wine with wheat in the grain bill. Sure and it's <laughs> pretty pretty similar to a barley wine. But yep. mean, <laughs> If you can tell the difference, then it'll be a big shocker. Wheat, uh, wheat, wine. Okay. All right. How do you get out of my system? Sorry. I think this is a new one. Uh, Bourbon County brand vanilla stout, aged with vanilla beans. Uh, the return of the popular release first made in 2010. So, uh, yeah, it's been oh. eight years Please. since they've done just a vanilla. Oh, that's right. We were hope. Uh, someone was hoping that they were mm. going to make that last year. Yeah. That's, I was like, I remember hearing them talk about this last year. It's because they were hoping. Yeah. People were crossing fingers. So, someone tells me since it's been eight years since they did that one, that's going to be a very sought-after variant. Hmm. Uh, Bourbon County brand Bramble Rye Stout. This kind of stout is actually becoming uh, prevalent in a lot of other brands. Uh, it's going to be aged in rye whiskey barrels, then with an addition of raspberry and blackberry juice and puree. 
Huh. That sounds really good. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I have the mixed... rye, but I kind of want the... The, the puree thing, yeah. Blackberry, yeah. Uh, similar to that, a lot of places are doing, like, black currant mm. with their uh, barrel-aged stouts. I think uh, Revolution, who's also in Chicago. I think those make a lot of sense. Did that one. Yeah, so uh, I would love to try that one, but we're always kind of screwed on our variants hmm. on what we yeah. can find. But uh, let's go ahead and finish this one out. We've got... This is, pro- this is the one I want to try the absolute most out of this year. The Bourbon County brand Coffee Barley Wine. This is the debut for this one. They've never done it before. An English-style barley wine with, uh, what? Intelligentsia. Intelligentsia. Oh, yeah. Intelligentsia coffee beans from Guatemala. Mm. Mm. And then, uh, as we stated earlier, the Bourbon County brand Midnight Orange Stout. Made with chocolate and orange zest. And orange stouts are absolutely amazing. Uh, Local brewery here, Listerman, does one. That knocks my effing socks off every time I have it. I'm always surprised. I love how good it is. chocolate and orange together. Um, I am really intrigued by this one. Like, I kind of want <laughs> you to be like, get a bottle and then we're going to save it so I can have some. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Uh, what but- are those? All I can think of when I think of orange and chocolate are those the, little the ball. ball. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the one that oranges. looks like an orange. Yeah. That's the chocolate. Yeah. Oranges, They're really yeah. good. Like, I, orange and chocolate actually go super well together. All right, uh, along with the additions of new beers, Midnight Orange and Coffee Barley Wine, and Disappearance of Neapolitan and Horchata, both of which uh, were believable considering Goose Island made Bourbon County beers that mimicked Bananas Foster and Blueberry Almond Pastry in 2017. Holy crap. (laughs) Another surprise is the lack of Bourbon County brand coffee stout. There is no just straight Mm. coffee stout this year. Yeah. But that since 2011, they have always had the coffee stout. So this is the first time by, in seven years that they've not done it. By the way, speaking of uh, things that, speaking of Black Current, they have a variant that may only be on draft only. Bourbon brand, a Bourbon County brand Tartar Tartin Stout, which is made with Black Current and brown sugar. Yes. That sounds really good. So, so we're going to Chicago for Black Friday, yes? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That's going to make it real hard. Uh, it's a real hard trip right after all that turkey. Smoke, we're oh. coming. We're, smoke, we're coming to see you. I mean, <laughs> you drive, Chris. I say that's also uh, what do we call it? The danger zone no, for we're, baby. We're in the <laughs> highway to the danger zone for that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, danger zone. That's that was sad to find out that we can't go home for Thanksgiving because we are going to be in the danger zone for the baby could show up. That would be like two weeks early, which is which not is, uncommon. Yeah, yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> Knocking on the door. Hey, you had to come out. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we thought we were going to go home Holy for Thanksgiving. Crap. I oh. just realized what you need to be playing during your birthing, which is I'm coming out. <laughs> yeah, they told us uh, we Fair. can pick the soundtrack if we wanted and play music. I'm like, uh... okay, you guys should just 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 let me make a sound. Look, it's fine. I got this. No, You're gonna enjoy we it. decided this no. earlier in pre-show, like pre-pre-pre-show. We were doing our planning call. Uh, me and Justin decided it needs to be highway to the danger zone and the doctor has to come into the room in a full flight suit and mirrored sunglasses. <laughs> if it's my and actual OB that'll be interesting. No, he's just ready to deliver the baby. <laughs> Wind blowing in his hair, his or her hair. Hopefully it's a her, because mm. I'd rather have my doctor do it. All right, uh, would you like more beverage news? Guess what? You're in luck. We have a 
full news only show and this week got pretty interesting uh we were talking about a beer brewed with smoked whale's testicles and uh we also talked about drunk wasps like you do and not white anglo-saxon protestants (laughs) because those are nothing new yeah that's just a thing another news water wet (laughs) (laughs) all right uh in other news Untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! Uh, no new badges. <laughs> there are no new badges. At least that are not hyper-local. Yeah. But mm. there is now direct messaging in the app. Ooh. Ooh, yes. And uh, you can direct message us individually if you would like. Uh, you can message me. I am WalkerX42. I am... One yum. Don't message me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Casey Price. And I'm at Spiced and Hoppy. Okay, I believe we have a big, roasty, delicious top. Been on that truck. Cheeky bastards. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. You're not that drunk. <sighs> Give me a minute. Now I'm just like, man, we should have gotten a coffee thing. Like, it's hard to find one for every theme, I think. No, my idea, like, I'd said it pre-show. Like the when, Futurama. Oh, yeah. you when, didn't tell me. When I wasn't Fry's, even like, in the coffee shop, and he's, like, halfway through drinking 100 coffees, oh. and he's just, like, shaking, and he's like, uh, this is Yemeni, it's Sulawesi, and I don't want my coffee shaking, this one's shaking. <laughs> and then Bender's just like, what's the matter, pal? You're looking greasy. Real <laughs> greasy. Greasy. <laughs> And then Fry's just, like, uh, spasming in the booth, like, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love that show. Uh, anyway, last coffee episode, we talked about the history of coffee, uh, how coffee is grown, and how it is roasted. Now, that's a lot to talk about, so we decided to split it into two coffee, uh, split two parts of coffee into whole episodes to talk about coffee bean decaffeination, preparation, and types of coffee drinks mm. there was a minute there where my my eye did not read preparation it invented its own word preguration hey. <laughs> sure <laughs> well then <laughs> how you prepare for pregnancy i Pre- guess preguration <laughs> means you're getting the coffee ready for decaffeination <laughs> uh, all right first a study done in 2006, researchers from University of Florida tested 22 decaffeinated coffee beverages and every uh, and every serving except one contained caffeine. Uh, that one, you ask? Folgers Instant Crystal Decaf Variety. Wow. Look, I'm not drinking Folgers. The best <laughs> part of waking up... Isn't Folgers in your cup. In your cup. Uh, something. Something else. Insert in your, your own jokes there. Uh, unsurprisingly, the decaffeination process for coffee beans isn't perfect, uh, so it doesn't remove all of the caffeine. Uh, but you are, if you're more sensitive to caffeine, uh, uh, you may see some benefit to drinking decaf, which contains two to six percent uh, of the caffeine of the traditional brew. In fact, the legal definition of decaf is two point five percent or less of the original caffeine content. Mm-hmm. Not too bad uh, at a cup or two, but excuse me, after your first pot, you may have had the equivalent of uh, a full cup of regular coffee. But, like, the equivalent of a pot of liquid that's inside of you. <laughs> You're gonna poop so hard. <laughs> yeah, so good. that doesn't really change. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the decaffeination process starts with green beans. Mm. Want some green beans? Not the kind you're thinking okay. of. No, oh, <laughs> guys, come on! I was also like, I had bacon in my head already. It was... I've got leather britches in my head. Mm. <laughs> what? Never had the leather. I don't britches? know where this is going. I don't know what that <laughs> is. No, that's, that's the old, the old way of doing green beans. Like I'm talking like down home way. Okay. Leather britches. Yeah, that's one of the names for them. Never heard of it. I think you might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody's lied to you, Chris. <laughs> Grandma's been pulling your leg. Well, at this stage, beans are usually soaked in water or steamed to open uh, open the beam up and allow it to better accept the decaffeination process. Yeah, just relax. Don't worry. This will all be over soon. Uh, this is similar in all methods of decaffeination. The first person to discover how to decaffeinate coffee was German coffee merchant... Ludwig Rose, Roselis, um, in 1903. That is a much earlier time frame than I thought this was going to be. Right? Uh, I understand what you're talking about, Chris, with the leather britches now. We've just never called them that. We uh, just call uh, them string, stringed beans. String beans you, or oh. leather britches. I've never no. I had to go find thing. an article to prove it that I'm not crazy. I mean... I, yeah, I didn't think he had made it up. I just think it was just something I wasn't paying attention to when someone said something. So I was like, eh. <laughs> People talked all the time when I was growing up. I didn't listen to them. I had, I had stuff to play. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ludwig patented the process in 1906. The Roselis process involved steaming coffee beans in water and salt, then using the organic chemical compound benzene as a solvent to extract the caffeine. It was said he was motivated by the belief that excessive coffee drinking had poisoned his father. <laughs> that family guy joke, cigarettes killed my father. <laughs> and if you know it, you know the rest of that. I'd rather not say it on stream. Uh, it was... Anyway, it turns out that it may have uh, made things worse since benzene is now a known carcinogen. Sure. I yeah. mean, look, we're all gonna... Yeah, you gotta have trade-offs. Full flavor coffee? Carcinogens. Look, everything's going to give you cancer anyway. The first of multiple methods of decaffeination we use today is the methylene, is methylene cl uh, chloride. It is a solvent, just like benzene, but is uh, usable in low concentrations safely. When you soak the beans, it removes the caffeine, but also the oils and flavor compounds that make coffee great. It means the caffeine... Uh, sick, uh, uh, sorry. I mean, really, the caffeine makes it great. It doesn't have the caffeine that uh, doesn't. Ha if it doesn't have the caffeine and it doesn't have the flavors of coffee, why would you drink it? Mm -hmm. uh, the solution of water, oils, and flavor is then mixed with the methylene chloride. The MC binds selectively to the caffeine compounds. And when you add a solvent to the solution, it is called an indirect method of extraction. If you were to add solvent directly to the beans, it's called a direct extraction. The MC binds with caffeine and it is heated to a little over uh, 104 degrees Fahrenheit. This is the evaporation point of the MC. Uh, when it evaporates, it takes the caffeine with it, leaving behind all of the aroma and flavor of the compound we really want to keep. These compounds can then be concentrated and then dehydrated back into the bean. Hmm. Uh, if coffee is labeled as naturally decaffeinated, it's probably used, uh, it's, it probably used ethyl acetate instead of methyl uh, methylene chloride but the process remains the same ethyl acetate occurs naturally in fruit and beer for uh, in beer for that matter the oh pardon 
it is uh, ethanol. It is a ethanol molecule that has been changed into an ester. He's gone. Sorry. This episode. Thought I was. It is a characteristic uh, sweet smell of pear flavoring and a nail polish remover. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that mm. acetate. Yeah. Nothing wakes you up better in the morning. <laughs> There's but a waking up. Is nail remover in your cup and you're dead. There, there is a, um, there's a candy in Great Britain called the pear drop, and it's sometimes paired with a banana flavor on the on one side and this pear flavor on the other. So you get them together, and and they're like bad banana beer and bad nail polish remover beer oh. in one. Oh joy. Well, this is considered natural because it does occur in nature, uh, but I don't want to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, super critical carbon dioxide decaffeination is the third method. It's also the coolest sounding. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, the beans are added to a vessel where the pressure is cranked up to 250 atmospheres. Yeah. <laughs> then with additional heat and CO2 reaches a supercritical point where it acts as a liquid and a gas. That's actually some pretty cool crap right there. Uh, <laughs> it is then pumped over the beans. CO2 acts as a solvent and extracts most of the caffeine from the bean. It is then extracted from the vessel, leaving behind only a small amount of the caffeine previously in the beans. Flavor molecules uh, stay in the beans, and therefore it's pretty good at keeping the flavor of the bean. Uh, the last method is considered the only chemical-free method. It uses water to extract the caffeine. Uh, we're not real sure why they call it chemical-free, because <laughs> last I looked, water was a chemical. Yeah, Uh, the literal literal definition. Everything is a chemical. Even I am a chemical. Uh, The literal definition of a chemical is a pure substance. Anyway, uh, once the beans are heated and soaked in water, the solution is sent through a carbon filter that extracts the caffeine from the liquid, which is then deposited back on the beans to be reabsorbed as they dry out. It's kind of simple but probably the most efficient. After the decaffeination process, coffee beans are then roasted as normal. Uh, No matter if you decide to start with decaffeinated beans or the full-strength stuff, we can now talk about coffee preparation methods. Why why would you do decaf? Well, I get why some people do it, but if you don't have a medical medical reason, why if you're just one of those people that's like i just thought i'd switch to decaf then i don't understand you you're living you're living in sin and i do not approve uh there are a multitude of cultures that have adopted coffee as their social drink of choice including me uh it's a stimulant it does not intoxicate it promotes community and of course it tastes great it tastes like nope it's wrong on all counts except being a stimulant tastes like pure bliss and happiness and joy and it's everything that is right with the world coffee preparation has seen as as many styles as there are cultures that consume it but let's try to touch on the most common and maybe even a few interesting types Uh, probably the first method of consumption as we touched on uh in the first coffee episode is that you should go listen to that one 
uh, would be just whole beans steeped in hot water. Mm, good old-fashioned way. Grinding the beans makes it easier for extraction to happen, so most coffees are uh, ground to some level prior to being brewed. Now I'm trying to think of making an old-fashioned with coffee. <laughs> like, not making, like, using coffee, but, like, somehow introducing coffee beans or an extract or something. Or is coffee there a, bitters. Is, is there a coffee bitters? Yes. Hmm. All right. There yeah. you go. Uh, there are a few different types of grinders. <laughs> we're really going to get into it. Like, don't even... No, no, you didn't think we were going to go there. There are going to be... We're going to types of coffee grinders. There are different types of grinders, but the outcome is the same. There are different types of grinders, by the way. <laughs> There's Just, an app, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that's, that. That's all I could think of at first. It's just like, different types of grinders. <laughs> Accurate. A bean that has been broken down enough to expose a lot of surface area. Uh, coffee connoisseurs swear by grinding immediately prior to brewing your coffee. They say that the bean will lose 60% of its aroma within 15 minutes of being ground due to oxidization. I'm adding syllables. <laughs> oxidation. Oxidation. A blade grinding. I liked it. Hmm? I liked it. It's a new word. <laughs> I was going to say, make, make syllables longer again. <laughs> are, are we talking about umbrella and why it should be like 40 syllables long? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ella. Ella. <laughs> A blade grinder is probably the most familiar to most coffee drinkers. It sort of looks like a tiny blender or food processor with a dull blade at the bottom of a cup that sits on a motor. Uh, the blade will turn and strike the beans, cleaving off small bits of the whole bean and breaking it down. The longer you let the blades whirl, the more ground the bean will get until it resembles a little more than a powder. These types of grinders also create heat. If you uh, if you grind the beans for longer than around 20 seconds, you may actually create enough heat to change the flavor of the coffee and burn it. No! Which is uh, what I will say uh, Starbucks is guilty of. <laughs> they've, been, they've been serving uh, the world uh, burned-ass coffee beans for a couple decades now, and everyone's just eating it up. Pretty much. Well, when you're on every corner, you get to do whatever you want. Would you, just burning coffee beans and calling it gourmet. That's that just I have a problem with that. <laughs> All right. Well, the next type of grinder is the Burr grinder. Uh, this type is usually Aaron, invented by Aaron Burr after he tried <laughs> to take over the country. Indeed. <laughs> this type is usually uh, the selected variety for coffee connoisseurs. The grind is uh, set usually by a dial and the beans come out a consistently sized grind. At the end, they pass through two grooved wheels uh, set distance apart, usually from top to bottom, and once they are ground, they do not contact the grinder anymore. This means... Um, they leave it behind. They don't even give it a call again. It's like, no, we've done. <laughs> we had our time. They bought it a nice food, seafood dinner and never called it again. They yeah. look back at the grinder and go, the money's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Went to a weird place. Um... <laughs> Oddly, so, those two grinders connect somehow. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, when you're done with this process, there's no more coffee left in the grinder and you're left with the perfectly ground beans below. Uh, burr grinders may sometimes come with a hopper also. This allows you to just uh, press a button and grind as much coffee as you need on demand. Burr grinders may come in two types, flat plate or um, conical. I've seen the conical ones, actually. 
I read that as canonical, as in the one true coffee. I had to stop <laughs> myself because that's what I saw first, and I was like, that's not going to be right. <laughs> what this is really showing is that we all have some weird form of dyslexia, and it's just... <laughs> I think we better knew that already. a hive mind, and we're just picking up all of my problems. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Or we're drunk. I, I don't have that excuse, though, so I'm just... There you go. You got Although baby pregnancy brain, brain like being <laughs> pregnancy brain might be equivalent to this point. Um, all right, as we talk about coffee preparation, we'll go in order of more coarse grind to finer grind. So the first method we'll look at is a is the percolator and mocha pot. Uh, these two methods can create wildly different kind types of coffee. Wait, is a mocha pot like a neti pot? Uh, I don't you know. put the coffee in your nose and it comes out. <laughs> Your butt. <laughs> it's so perky at the end. Yeah. Um, so the, the percolator and mocha pot consists of two chambers, a uh, lower chamber where water is added and an upper chamber where you can add, um, where, where you add a very coarse ground coffee. The percolator uses a lot of water for um, a moderate amount of coffee, while the mocha pot um, may use the same amount of coffee for a much smaller amount of water. If we... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the chat. No, I just slip in my preferred method. Oh jeez. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So yep. if we okay. were to use Sorry. around a quarter of a cup of coffee, the percolator may hold one and a half quarts of water, while the mocha pot may only use a cup or two. Both pots can be powered by a heating element in the bottom of the most basic versions, um, and the most basic versions are stovetop models. Uh, as the water in the pot begins to heat uh, to a boil, bubbles of steam are created. The pots use a dip tube in the bottom of the pot, which reaches up to the top of the pot. As the steam bubbles f- form, the force... Uh, I, it's like I can't read right now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, as, the, as the steam bubbles form, the force of the expansion will cause water to spurt up the top, up the pot and over the coffee in the top selection. In the percolator, the water shoots over the coffee and drips back into the water reservoir multiple times. In the mocha pot, the water is pushed through the coffee and the strainer and up into a separate container on the top of the pot. So the percolator pot makes a cup of coffee closer to what today's standard drip coffee would taste like, while the mocha pot tastes a lot closer to espresso. Mm. I was going to say, I assumed the percolator is closer to what I'm more familiar with because yeah. that is uh, that is like just... You used to remember hearing, yep, well, maybe or may not remember hearing people go like, oh, yeah, no, I got a little percolator here. We get our, get some coffee going. Yeah, we use the, I mean, the camping, the, 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 percolator like we, pot camping we, we do the percolator thing. Because even I have to have coffee, it doesn't matter. I'll, you give me two <laughs> sticks and a pound of ground coffee, I'm going to find a way. <laughs> coffee uh, finds a way. It does, actually, for him. Um, so the French press. So, oddly enough, the French press was first patented by an Italian. (laughs) This type of coffee maker is made from a lower container and a strainer plunger. The lower container will have straight sides where you place coarse ground coffee. The coffee is allowed to soak in boiling water for three to seven minutes until the appropriate level of concentration is reached. Then a lid with a plunger and strainer is pushed down through the liquid to efficiently separate the coffee liquid from the grounds. Uh, this type of coffee tends to be a little more harsh and strong than traditional drip coffee due to the long contact time and heat time. 
French press coffee may still have some grounds in the drink that is produced due to the large size of metal strainer and the poor seal around the edges. So, uh, some friends of mine realized that they had crossed over into hipster territory when they were listening to NPR. <coughs> uh, I forget what the uh, I forget what the third activity was, but in between, one of them was grind. One was grinding the beans, and get, the other was getting ready for a French press for their coffee. They went, "Oh, I think we're them." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the first electric drip coffee makers were similar to deconstructed percolator. Even today, a similar property of physics is used to cause the water to ride and be dripped over the coffee. Instead of being continuously dripped over the coffee like a percolator, drip coffee passes over the coffee only once. Uh, and although in the past they continued multiple use filters, today most drip coffee makers use paper filters that are disposable. You can, however, purchase reusable filters. Drip coffee is the most common type of found in the U.S. So, moving on from that drip coffee to pour over. It's been taking all the Starbucks by storm over the last five years or so. The traditional preparation method involves a cone-shaped paper filter and a supporting structure that helps the filter keep that cone shape. Coffee is added to the filter and very hot water is poured over uh, into the device. The coffee usually drips directly into a cup below. Now, there's a few reasons that this is kind of take off, taken off and someone might choose to go for a pour over instead of a traditional drip. First off, the pour over coffee is usually just a single cup. So it could be um, the multiple servings that end up in that cup, but you usually just pour over for one person, one cup. Mm-hmm. Second is... Because of that, you can do a selected variety that is special. And so you don't have to make a huge pot of something. If you want a different type than somebody else, then then you can do that. Starbucks tends to use this method for their coffees that are not as popular, and they don't want to make an entire pot at once. Pour-over coffee may also have a longer contact time and higher concentration with the beans than a traditional drip coffee, as well as potentially uh, hotter water. Pour-over coffee tends to use that hotter water while the drip pot is using water that is is at a certain temperature that's been calculated for that pot. Um, It gives it more of a French press-like flavor. It's also made fresh, and so that cup of coffee hasn't sat there for hours. Yeah, Starbucks will usually do that for me. Um, And they asked me last time, and I was like, yeah, I just do the pour-overs, whatever, for like the decaf, because not a lot of people go to Starbucks to get decaf. Exactly. Um, And then I I noticed a lot of like uh, more... I don't know, quote unquote, fancier <laughs> coffee shops, mm-hmm. like high, you know, just like gourmet coffee shops or whatever. Uh, they'll only have that method because you, you're getting mm-hmm. a specific coffee. So they'll be doing the pour over and it takes much longer to do. Yeah. You, you kind of feel special. Yeah. <laughs> when you get a pour over um, and, and you've got to wait. It's like, oh, yeah, I could just pour this cup of coffee. But no, you, you've got to wait for it, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fun, actually, I think. Um, <laughs> whenever you, you look into the other drinks that Starbucks makes, espresso is king. It's the king of coffees and is used as a basis for lattes and cappuccinos, as well as other fancy coffee house drinks. It is a concentrated coffee and is based on principles of not only heat, but also pressure. Where traditional coffees are made using hot water at standard atmospheric pressure, you know, standard room pressure, Espresso uses boiling water and passes it through a finely ground coffee that's been tightly packed. 
and it uses a pressure at nearly 15 atmospheres. That's 220 pounds per square inch. A An espresso machine is a highly engineered tool that not only heats water, but also contains a pressurization method like a pump or a plunger and usually a steam wand. The highest quality espresso machines uh, can cost thousands and thousands of dollars, tens and fifteens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, the resulting liquid should be dark and strong with a crema uh, or a slightly creamy foam caused by the oils in the coffee bean and that steam reacting with them and, and kind of creating little micro bubbles. Uh, the resulting drink is a mere 1.5 ounces, but that 1.5 ounces can be added to steamed milk to create a latte or a cappuccino. The key difference between the two drinks would be foam. Lattes have a very thin layer of foam caused by the injection of steam into the milk using that steam wand. Cappuccinos, on the other hand, have a much thicker amount of foam. Usually it's one-third espresso, one-third steam milk, one-third foam for a cappuccino, where it's usually one-third of uh, espresso and like three-thirds of uh, steamed milk with a little tiny layer of foam for a... Um, for a, a latte. I know that's a lot of thirds, but still. Um, you can change the amount of foam uh, using that that wand. Um, you bring that wand right above the surface, and not only does it inject steam into the milk, it also injects air. It catches air and pulls that down into the milk with it as well. So you've got a lot of, of extra volume there. Um, cappuccinos also tend to have a higher concentration of espresso in the drink versus a latte. So for the same amount of cappuccino, you may use two shots of espresso instead of just one for a latte. Hmm. So beyond the hot extracted coffee beverage, we also now have cold brew coffee. Traditional hot coffee will tend to remove some of the more nuanced notes from the coffee bean. Cold brew, on the other hand, tends to have a more concentrated and nuanced drink at the end of it. Coarse ground coffee is soaked in cold water, either at room temperature or refrigerated from 12 to 48 hours um, it really depends on what taste you're going for. The ratio of coffee to water is more concentrated than traditional brews, which allows for milk and cold or hot water to be added to the coffee concentrate. The coffee grounds can then be strained from the concentrate through a paper filter or strainer, but really most of the grounds tend to sink to the bottom of the vessel. So you can kind of pour it through a, a thick strainer and then pour it through a paper filter and, and get most of the grounds out that way. Um, but with cold brew coffee specifically, uh, it's it's a very thick uh, thick grind with cold brew coffee, so that's a uh, a little bit different from the pattern that we went with the rest of the hot drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of touched on most of the basics of coffee over the last few coffee episodes, although there are a multitude of flavored coffee beverages you can get by adding flavors, syrups, caramels, chocolate, um, milks of various different types, almond, soy. Um, Whatever, whatever milk of choice that may be, but all these will likely start with coffee or espresso or the drinks that we mentioned. They'll start with those types of coffee extracts of sorts. Hmm. Yes. Well, there are also other methods of ingesting your coffee. Intravenously? Uh, <laughs> well, I stumbled across an article that may be someone's preferred method. Nope. Alright, no. no. So you have the coffee oh, enema. Oh, it's just gonna burn. <laughs> it's cold. Hot burn. coffee right up your <laughs> A coffee enema is a type of colon cleanse used in alternative medicine. During the procedure, a mixture of brewed, caffeinated coffee and water is inserted into the colon through the rectum. 
Bah. Coffee enemas. <laughs> Coffee enema. Uh, may have originated from German physicians searching for a cancer treatment in the early 1900s. That's, at that point, when you're doing coffee enemas to find a cancer treatment, you're just throwing shit against the wall and see what sticks. Quite literally. <laughs> so, Something uh, like that. What are the potential benefits of a coffee enema? For many uh, people... You're, you're, <laughs> uh, hold on, I'll take... Uh, what is your rectum smells like Folgers? <laughs> <laughs> well, they even say in this article from uh, Healthline.com, it may help relative constipation boost immunity, and increase energy. You don't right. say. Okay. Yes. Those all check out. Yes. <laughs> two, out of, two out of three ain't bad. But boosting immunity? Mm. Well, for many people... Well, because then, they have the antioxidants uh, in the coffee. For many people... Look, all the health claims kind of went out the window when we said alternative medicine. And I apologize to anyone who thinks that's going to work, but you know what? Go get some penicillin. For many people, the immediate benefit of a coffee enema... Is having multiple bowel movements. I bet that you help do. purge the colon. How is that different <laughs> from a regular enema? Exactly. If like you, you could use one of those little things you get at the drugstore. Oh, coffee enema supporters claim the procedure provides these additional benefits boosts immunity, increases energy, stops yeast overgrowth, uh, treats autoimmune diseases, removes. <laughs> Okay, no, no. We're closing that window right now. I don't want anyone thinking that that is true. You may as well just say, cures cancer. Treats cancer is the bottom. uh... Oh, of course. Oh, Oh, so they do. They do say that. What the research says. There's no no scientific evidence that proves or disproves that coffee enemas are helpful to treat any medical condition. It's like that uh, episode of Futurama, like, Second, what second, third name check for Futurama this this yeah. episode, but the uh, the one with it's actually the same episode where it's like, is it true that stem cells fight aging? Yes, in the same way that an infant might fight Muhammad Ali. But yeah. <laughs> evidence for you know. or against the use of coffee enemas is mostly anecdotal. In mainstream yeah. media uh, or mainstream medicine, colon cleansing is considered unnecessary because your body's digestive system is capable of getting rid of waste, uh, yeah. toxins, and bacteria all on its own. Uh, the theory that the colon waste is toxic to your body is known as autointoxication, according to a 2014 article published in the Journal of Lancaster General Hospital. There isn't any evidence to support this theory. You know what, guys? No offense. We've gone over a lot of coffee today. I'm still not drinking it. Well, risks and warnings. This process may be harmful. Uh, three deaths have potentially been related to coffee enemas. And coffee enemas may <sighs> cause cool serious first. side effects, such as rectal burns. Oh. You are doing it with hot coffee. People did this with hot coffee. <laughs> I feel like that's just weeding out the people that shouldn't be making decisions in their life, just generally. <laughs> Google, I, I bit the bullet for everyone to find this out. I Googled coffee enema. And they this article explains how a coffee enema is done. I will not go into that, but for your own entertainment, go to uh, healthline.com and look up I mean, enemas. I would assume it involves a tube and a funnel <laughs> and a pot of coffee. Oh, a pot of Folgers. Really good friend. Enough. 
is Folgers in, in your butt. butt. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I'll, I'll, that, that's the best one of those rhymes that you've done. Yep. All right. All right. I've been trying to workshop like... this whole episode to find the best one. That there it is. All right, guys. Uh, I think we've actually got another uh, another one in our long uh, running. Uh, I don't know, series of what the hell has Amos been drinking? Ugh, it's like a party in my mouth and everyone's throwing up. All right. Another Futurama. <laughs> yeah. As far as IPAs go, it's not bad. But even Alaska-based IPAs don't keep my morning wood hard. <laughs> this is from our, while well, you guys think about this, to guess it, this is from our good friend Amos uh, from Ritual Misery. You guys can check them out over at uh, twitch.tv slash Ritual Misery. What's the name of Alaska Brewing's IPA? That's what I would go with. I mean, that has to be it. Or some kind of variant on it, yeah. Ice right. Ice Baby. <laughs> that's that's too perfect of a name, but but no. Come or on. ice IPA baby. I, I will say no. Come on, come on, come on, come on, give me some. I have no uh, idea. I'm so bad I at don't, this. I don't know the name of all of Alaska Brewing's lineup. Uh, you know, there's more breweries in Alaska. No, there's Alaska. not. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's absurd. All right. Well, he gave you a big hint in uh, in his check in there. This is a uh, an IPA called Morning Wood <laughs> from Cassix Brewery. Never heard I've of never it. Heard of them. Uh, yeah, Amos. Is that Morning spelled M O U R N I N G? No, no. Uh, so Amos was not a fan. He gave it what is that like one and one point seven five. Wow. Uh, yeah. He. Amos is not a fan of the IPAs, though. He's not. And that's that's fine. We weren't at first either. Mm. If him and Kent did a show entirely about drinking... <laughs> you get used to it. You get there. So, <laughs> so I, I don't blame him, because uh, looking it up on Untapped, traditional old English style with Pacific Northwest dry hop edition, well-balanced, uh, not over the top. We take extra time to bring out the full flavors of this brew. Yeah, for someone who doesn't like IPAs, that might be a little rough on you. Um, I can go ahead and give you undisputable evidence from a medical journal, from the Journal of Gastroenterology <laughs> or Gastrointestinal Endoscopy, from November of 2008, an exact medical definition that coffee enemas are bad for you. Oh, okay. Rectal was... burn caused by hot water coffee enema. 29-year-old woman. Uh, um, the, the key words here are... Found dead from rectal burn. Then a few hours afterwards, developed chills and proctoragia. I don't even know what that means. But it, if it has anything guess, to do I'm with proctology. Yeah. I'm going to guess... Complete inability to control her rectum. Oh, the uh, other blood, article. Bloody discharge. Oh. Well, the other article, like the warnings and everything, it's like, you know, rectal burns, nausea, vomiting, cramping, bloating, dehydration, uh, bowel perforation. Uh -huh. Infection. Not only. Infection caused by improperly sterilized equipment can also. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Not only this blood, but also black necrotic mucosa. Severe erosions of the lower rectum, 
refused to be hospitalized, cared for in an outpatient department, instructed to maintain a liquid diet and take uh, suppositories of a steroid daily. But yeah, guys, you can check out Ritual Misery over at (laughs) www.twitch.tv slash Ritual Misery. Ken and Amos are two lifelong friends who get uh, get on uh, live. You can check them out also on, uh, it's just a regular audio podcast, so you don't have to go watch the video. You can also just listen to them. I love the show. I usually listen to it when I'm on the elliptical or treadmill. Can I, I interrupted that segment. You, you did, but at the same time. It was his fault for doing it in the form, first place. It's a form of ritual misery when you have to give a suppository up your burned rectum. Oh. Fact. <laughs> All right. There's uh, uh, not a comment on their show, which I love. <laughs> so uh, Amos wasn't a fan of what he was drinking, but what are we drinking not anally? Drink with me, friend. Guys, have I been drinking this whole episode wrong? You don't know me. We were butt chugging. I mean, come on, I don't know what hey. you were doing. <laughs> but what about this funnel and hose I have just off screen? Uh, anyway, um, I just, I'm trying to get different things to drink, so I'm just not like. Anyway, here's a seltzer water that I'm gonna have every time. Here's her Michael Bublé. Yeah, um, which has not been on sale lately, and I've just been like, nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm not paying full price for that. Because it's like $4 for eight cans, and I'm like, no. Uh, I got this from Tivana. Um, we were at Party Source actually earlier, and it had a, uh, you know, in the, in the cold drink section, just ready to go. Crafted iced tea, and it is, it, it sounded good to me as far as the flavors go. But I didn't pay attention to is that it's unsweetened. Um <laughs> It is a strawberry apple green we're, tea. We're from the wrong part of the country to ever have an unsweetened tea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, so it's a strawberry apple green tea with rose hips and hibiscus. All of that sounds great until I nope. had it. And there's no, well, except a Bob, because you don't like anything. So <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, but it it's so bland, like none of, because it's unsweet, like none of the flavors stick out at all. And it's just I've been tr- I've been like sipping it, just trying to get through it. <laughs> it's just not good. Um, oh, tea should be somewhat sweetened, even a little bit. Like just throw some agave in there or something. Well, if you're doing fruit tea, there should be some kind of sweetness. I feel. But it's like you can't even taste a distinction of strawberry or apple. It's like they just used the the essence of the fruit, and we're like. Eh. <laughs> and my point when you told me this the f- earlier was that the the mix of those things do not feel like they would go well together like tea gr- you know tea by itself fine great i enjoy it uh uh, uh strawberries hibiscus all that good love it sure i don't want all of that mixed together <laughs> oh see it sounded great to me because of that and like i've had other flavored green teas that are you know cold and they were fine um, I, and that didn't I just have don't a lot think of sugar, all but those had sugar. Would, I say I just don't think all those would complement each other. Is all I meant. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, the other flavors they had didn't sound that great, so I was like, oh, I'll just try it. It's just so bad. It's just so bad. There's just no. There's no flavor. So anyway, there's that. <laughs> so right. what have you been drinking, Bob? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> thankfully my end goal involved two different. Uh, uh, coffee flavored beers. Hmm. Uh, 
didn't get to the second one, so I'll save that for a different rainy day. Uh, instead, I uh, ended up at the Kalamazoo Stout. Because mm. uh, I, I don't drink coffee, and yeah. I didn't want to just buy the, the uh, what is it, the thing from Braxton with the starter coffee. Uh, oh. Dead Blow. Dead Blow with starter coffee. Yeah. Oh, oh but that's yeah. so good. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it is good, but I did it last time, so I feel like that had been cheating. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I had some... Uh, I had some uh, Kalamazoo stout in the fridge. Mm. Uh, and as they say on Bell's website, named after the city where it all began, Kalamazoo stout is one of our most classic recipes. A smooth, full-bodied stout offers a uh, blend of aromas and flavors of dark chocolate and freshly roasted coffee, balanced with significant hop presence. Uh, 6% a- ABV. Uh, it is... Nowhere here on their side is he giving the uh, IBU. So let me switch over to this Probably page. Where they're not giving me that information either. They don't, uh, they don't want me to know. They say it's significant. I'm not tasting a whole lot of hop here. I'm mostly getting dark chocolate and roasted coffee. Uh, it, it like the best parts of roasted coffee, the parts that I would enjoy. Uh, but Beer Advocate does give it a 3.98 out of five, which is pretty good. Almost four. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's actually very enjoyable. It's it, my only complaint is all of that together makes it a bit dry. It mm. is a very dry beer. Mm. It is, uh, but all in all, I still enjoy it. I'm glad I had one just kind of lurking around in there. I was like, oh, thank God, let's just get into this now. But so we've had that. What about you, Chris? I have been drinking a couple of things. Uh, so the first thing I decided to crack open because we were out, and I forgot that I had a beer already with coffee in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I grabbed a Blackbeard's Breakfast from Heavy Seas. It's an American porter at ten percent ABV, forty IBUs. Beer Advocate score of four point one five out of five. So uh, their description is: We partnered with local coffee producer Chesapeake Bay Roasting. To produce an intriguing ale, rich porter flavors are enhanced by roast coffee notes and rounded out by bourbon barrel aging, creating Mm. a brew of bewitching character. Yes, I love this beer, and this year uh, it's no longer available in Bombers. It's in four packs of uh, 12-ounce bottles, which is actually great because every reputable liquor store is going to be breaking those four packs up into single Mm. 12-ounce bottles. Yes, you're going to be paying like an extra dollar for the bottle, but you're not having to buy an entire bomber. And when you're me and you don't have someone to split said bombers with, it's great when you can pay an extra dollar just to get the one bottle that you want so you can drink it. Extra I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry I live I live almost 100 miles away. Oh, it's not your fault. But I also uh, was not content to just sit with that one beer. So, uh... <laughs> The one I had already had in the fridge that I completely forgot about other than I was like, oh, I'll just grab a KBS out of the fridge because there's like a boatload. That was my that was my fallback. That was Mm. what my that was what I was working towards and just couldn't quite get there. Well, I also had uh, from Burial. This is my last one. uh, My Griddle Espresso Imperial Stout. uh, 10 percent ABV. 50 IBUs. 
yeah, this is, let's see. Behold the vibrant glare of life's everlasting penchant for satisfaction zenith. <laughs> we kneel before the temple of your desires and proudly offer you this gallant chalice. <laughs> this black cold steel melds rich caramel and honey flavors with lactose sugars and just enough charred black malt to forge defining stout balance. The addition of a custom blend of roasted coffee beans from Asheville's Penny Cup Coffee offers bold roast, dark fruit, and the mild smokiness that derives the aroma. Sip slow, sit long. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, this beer is one of those reasons why I absolutely love Burial Beer Company. It is amazing and one of my favorite coffee beers. And I had just finally had it when Casey brought me a pack back from it. I would say his last trip, but he's been a couple times <laughs> since he brought me that pack. But no, Blackbeard's Breakfast and uh, the Griddle from Burial. These two beers are phenomenal. I absolutely love them. I know, I think Blackbeard's Breakfast might almost be harder to come by than the Griddle. Because <laughs> Heavy Seas doesn't have a huge distribution platform. But yeah, I love those. Casey, what were you into? Oh, I did a mixed drink today. Um, I call it the frozen white chocolate Russian. <laughs> I was looking at what you were you were making, and all I could think of now was I know what we have to drink uh, during the tequila episode. It's an Archer joke. Oh, oh no! <laughs> but continue. We'll talk about it. Um, starts with four ounces of frozen gas station chocolate drink. <laughs> um, you walk charitably, in charitably called milk. Yeah, no, I don't think it actually has any milk in it whatsoever. <laughs> um, it's it's like that no milk product frozen drink that they put in the same thing as the slushy machine. Chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah, because you can't call it milk. Um, it, it, yeah, it's like the same thing that you would get the blue raspberry and the cherry slushes oh, from, but they uh. make it chocolatey or, or <laughs> coffee flavored. So this one's kind of a blend between the chocolate and coffee. Um, latte flavors, whatever, the frozen drink. Um, then you add an ounce of vodka, four ounces of Kahlua, an ounce of whipping cream mm. to substitute Whoosh. for the, the milk that is in there. Get um, in there, cream. Whoosh. And four ounces of real chocolate milk. Um, mm. Just That just happened to be what I had in my fridge that was chocolatey, so it worked out well. Uh, blend. I, I blended it, but you could just mix it because you're not doing a whole lot with that frozen stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I stuck it in the freezer, and it still melts. Once you get this much, it'll melt down. But it didn't. The chocolate milk luckily had enough oomph to it, and the Kahlua had enough flavor to it that you really it doesn't taste watery down. It actually tastes pretty thick and creamy, but it, mm. it, it's delicious. <laughs> I, I highly suggest doing your White Russians like this. <laughs> because my other option was this Kahlua White Russian in a... Uh, oh, like a ready-made. <laughs> yeah, the pre-made. Contains rum and coffee liqueur with vodka. Um, actually, it's probably just rum and coffee liqueur with vodka. Caramel colored added. 5% alcohol by volume. And a whole lot of water, apparently. Because it doesn't taste like anything. It's just cloudy liquid. Mm. Ew. So. Not not a fan of those. I will be throwing those out most likely. <laughs> but the one we made, it was fun. It was good. Awesome. So, wrapping up for the night. 
I believe I so. It's gonna call you it. can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us. Also look for Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Don't forget, you can ask us a question, uh, tell us your favorite drink, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, also, uh, pay a Skyrider. Just put it out there somewhere in our general area. We'll, we'll look up and see it. Hmm. <laughs> yep, all joking fun aside, guys, and uh, coffee enemas aside. I'd like to remind everyone. No, else, never. Please drink Don't responsibly, which is not anally. <laughs> no butt chugging or enemas. Come on, guys. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing responsible about that. Let's put the plastic um, tubes and funnels away and be adults. We're pulling that one out for a soundboard. Yeah, that's that's a that's an out of context clip right there. Oh jeez. Oh, okay, so check us out next Saturday for that oh-so-entertaining tequila episode. Uh, and remember to check out patreon.com slash show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>